0: Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations.
1: We, 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 we. We know of new methods of attack.
0: The the fifth column, column, column. Greetings, and welcome back to another exciting installment of the fifth. Column podcast. This is your weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle of people that make it, and occasionally ourselves, and occasionally the midterms elections. I'm Camille Foster. I do various things with food. I am delighted to be joining you today. I'm I'm in Austin. The gentleman, Matt, my, my, uh, who is it? Michael. Do not know in, our names? In Price News and yeah. Matt Welch, Reason Magazine. They're in New York. <laughs> Matt McGonagall? <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot who you guys are. It's actually a very late night for us. It's not midterm yeah, night it's we're late. like it's watching late. The midterms, but You're it's in late. Austin. The night after, yeah, yeah. in Austin. Yeah. Well, it's late because I wasn't in Austin this morning. I was, I was near my home. But at any rate, we're together. We're going to talk about the midterms. We're going to talk not physically about physically together. All sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, we well, we're that, together. My so there'll be, like,
1: there'll be like thing. weird pauses, and it's not as good because <laughs> we're not together. But I just want to tell everybody. This is Michael Moynihan from Vice News, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, want to, I want to tell everybody. Uh, you just warn them that I might, um, they might disappear uh, during this uh, call. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the midterms happened yesterday. And I just look out the window, there's, viol- there's just violence everywhere. Um, <laughs> because the a couple of buildings are being burned. Uh, my <laughs> block is being controlled by the Proud Boys. But on the next block, there's an Antifa brigade and they're fighting. And yeah. Everything's South on buddies. fire. Yeah. It's mostly peaceful, well, but everything's on fire. And fascism or communism, I don't even know what ism has come to our door, but it is over, guys. I don't know where you <laughs> live. <laughs> well,
0: in fairness, Moynihan, the- I believe the Washington Post had like a, a note up um, on its post about the election results out of Arizona. And it sounds like the great state of Arizona is saying that they're Election results won't be available for many, many, many days, perhaps. Yes.
1: So, yes. do you know why? Tell me why, Michael Moynihan. Because the people the of Arizona was... are morons. Did you <laughs> know that? <laughs> it's proven. It's it's the hist- it, There's like it's, I don't know science. I'm not like a scientist or anything, but it is proven that like everybody else, like Brazil. <laughs> I love that Glenn Greenwald points this out. Like Brazil. Like people live in tires, like they like a whole family living in one tire, <laughs> and and they count they count them within it's a minutes. It's well, a, yeah,
2: because like, they're, uh, cheating. It's they're
1: cheating. That's because they're cheating. Our elections
0: yeah. are above yeah. reproach. It is the most trusted institution in America. Is the electoral yes. system It's just true. There was state a
1: to state. there true. was a very funny thing on CNN where um, uh, I think it was Jake Tapper and somebody else, and they were talking to the election. Uh, official or whatever in Maricopa County. And it was the, it was like at the end of it, I was like, this is going to give rise to about a thousand conspiracy theories because they were like asking about the tabulation errors. And the guy uh-huh. was like, so what happened was, and everyone's like, wait, what? And no one had any idea what was going on. And he was trying to explain this and it was completely baffling. And he's like, but you know, trust us, it's going to be fine. And it was like, ah, that wasn't <laughs> yeah. reassuring at all. And I was like, good <laughs> Lord.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, like the, the number one thing that the president of the United States and anyone else in the country who was concerned about like election integrity ought to have done is spent some time over the course of the last two years, like focusing on transparency, communicating what they're doing, what the mean instead of transfer that the vote totals <laughs> are fair and accurate, like work on that shit. And if the expectation is going to be preposterously at this stage, because we've got so much technology at our disposal, you're going to have to wait two weeks to find out who actually won the race? Fine, but set those expectations early. But instead, the president of the United States spent weeks, months, in fact, insisting that diabolical forces were conspiring to destroy America. Mm -hmm. Um, And various pundits have been telling me for weeks that this week, week, yesterday, in fact, Democracy would be coming to an end. Fascism would be rising. And, and looking at yeah. people talk about this shit on Twitter, they were positively enthusiastic about it, like some doomsday cult. They mm. genuinely seemed to be hoping for hellbop to come so that they could
1: don yeah. their purple suits and Nikes. <laughs> yeah. You were wearing end it sneakers. <laughs> I was I was it's in my hotel weird. room and I said, at, at when the polls close, I want someone to come over and put like put a blanket over me and just have my feet coming out <laughs> the end of it. And then because democracy, I don't I'm it's going to die in darkness and I need the blanket over my face. But it's hilarious. This is all happening, of course, in Arizona, which has a slate of people who are the craziest people on Earth running for office, Carrie Lake being, um, you know, and crazy people already in office, you know, Paul Gosar, the, the the mad dentist from marathon man. who was was like insane, but like the, don't sleep on Andy Biggs. Why? Andy Biggs Biggs too. But all of these people, of Masters is
0: crazy. I just don't know if he believes the things that he's saying.
1: No, he's just, I just don't want him in the Senate, you know, for six years. Come on. We have to have that guy for six years. The question no, I keep yeah. asking
0: myself is if if Blake Masters Libertarian would have the difficulty that Blake Masters Maganot uh, is perhaps having, although we don't really know because I, last che- the last nomination. time I checked, it was like sixty percent, sixty percent. Well, he wouldn't get the wouldn't probably wouldn't have won the primary, but I don't know that he wouldn't yeah. have won the general. Um, but setting yeah, that aside, I think, the numbers. That I, think, that I think it's 70. only like sixty percent reporting now, right? Or is it a well, little higher? I saw, saw seventy. up to seventy now.
1: Yeah, I okay. saw seventy three earlier, and by the way, because I know the post had that thing about you know their projection that he yeah uh, Wapo was like projecting that
0: he and Lake will yeah. win those races perhaps, but it's a very very uh, kind of <sighs> gentle projection.
1: I mean, I'm not Steve Kornacki, but it's seventy three percent reporting, <laughs> and the, I know the outstanding counties and the outstanding votes will favor him, but it's mm-hmm. still it's a pretty big divide right now. It was like a five point difference,
2: right? Wasn't that? No, did you see no, it wasn't.
0: It wasn't that huge last time I checked. Let's. I mean, uh, we could I mean, pull it up, but by the time people listen, we'll like be something else.
2: We're we're on Wednesday, and it's a yeah. dead heat right now between Kerry Lake and Kelly, what's her face, for governor. Hubs. And, um, and uh, um, Katie Hobbs by the and, name, Kelly and but, Well, Whatever. Um, Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you notice hey, how by the the way, like, 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 that running it against each other. By the way, just just so you know. Everybody
1: has to point, everyone should point this out. The Carrie Lake who is, I think she's mentally deranged. I'm not sure. She used to like get tattoos of Obama on her shoulder blade and she was like a, an anchor on a TV show. And now she's like screaming about like, she's already saying it's fraud and everything. Her, if you haven't seen her opponent, she's tough. One hand. She's tough. She's tough. <laughs> if you haven't seen Fraulein Hobbs in action, she is truly the most boring person I've ever seen on <laughs> camera. It's like Lake deserves to win just because she's such a bad candidate. She has no personality. It's really astonishing. Is I thought it was... I not They, I they mean, didn't, didn't. she didn't agree did, to a debate either? Right? Wasn't that the case? Yeah.
2: Did they capture her on camera? Is my question because she's been yeah. like, well, like uh, hiding in the uh, Sonora it could have been desert a desert. Yeah. She was. Time.
1: She declared a lid for the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, but know, uh, to fact Eddie check Housen you in real time, Carrie Lake never debated. I don't know. So no. No. No.
0: She wouldn't do it. Oh, I mean, generally speaking,
2: I mean, I Fetterman I was, uh, would uh, do it. <laughs> that's
1: that's amazing. <laughs> he'll, <laughs> yeah. date, he'll debate anyone. He doesn't care. Fetterman, Herschel Walker, both agreed to debates. Yeah. By the way, Fetterman yeah. did better than Herschel
2: Walker. <laughs> I want them to debate each other. That's I don't know about me. that. I don't know yeah. about that. That's what that America deserves. Thing.
1: When he pulled out that uh, bag. Oh, Fetterman would be so mad because he'd be like, fuck, mine's temporary. <laughs> <laughs> Walker is like, that's just who he is. <laughs> I will say in Fetterman's Point defense, in, in, the, in the, um, his, his speech- uh, when he won, uh, he was pretty fluid compared to. He, yeah, he was. He, he was. He seemed a lot better. Yeah. It seemed a lot better. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, he's getting better. Good,
0: good for him, uh, you nice know, for him to not... have his kids, his kids up on stage. He looked like they'd just come back from playing eight hours of rec League <laughs> basketball, which is just the weirdest They're on stage in basketball shorts, sweated out t shirts. I learned it what from what watching you Dad? about America. <laughs> yeah. The most slovenly family in America has been elected <laughs> Holy to God. office. Yeah, like, That's be, going to DC how, in a class working place man, now, Camille.
1: Dude, how <laughs> awesome would it have been? I know a
0: lot of you working men who are members of unions and who don't look like they just came out of the YMCA. I, I mean,
1: it, it I is mean, so. <laughs> I I have a, a I want you to play this through your mind. Donald uh, Trump once lived in he went to Wharton. He went to Wharton School, right? So he he, he yeah, once was a resident at one time in Pennsylvania. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine Donald Trump running against John Fetterman in this election and how amazing that would be. Imagine him in a debate <laughs> oh with my God. John Fetterman. He's like, look at, the, oh. look at this slob. What a slob. The biggest slob I've ever seen. Like that would be, I mean, th- we had this moment, by the way, when I was with, I was in Florida shooting something in the crew. We had a moment where, because you're in the car a lot and you get, get bored, and uh, we started talking about Trump's debating style and the rest of it. And we just we just put on a bunch of stuff just to realize like how insane and hilarious he is. And you forget because like when he is the president, it's scary. When he's gonna become the president, it's scary, scary. When he's not the president, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the interview that Matt sent where he the what was it like News Nation or something? And oh, he no, was I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you sent that. He's like, If I if they win, it's all me. <laughs> if everyone loses, I don't, t- it's not my fault. It's not, I was like, that is, he just, I don't even, I don't even know he's kidding anymore. Is he kidding? Who knows? Does, it's does not, matter. it's not obvious. It, it
0: certainly didn't look like he was kidding to me. Was there a gleam in his eye when he said it? Yeah. Because he knows it's preposterous perhaps, but he means yeah. it. If, yeah. if they, <laughs> well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. If they
2: lose, I should not be blamed at all.
0: Like he said, <laughs> he at doesn't all laugh what he says it a at lot. all. He doesn't laugh.
2: Uh, that's oh. the thing. It's like the re- the reporting is that he's freaked out. He's already throwing Melania under the bus. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, yeah, it, it yeah. was yeah. her idea to to like uh, choose Doctor Oz. Uh, I saw Johnny Melania. Turkey. Did he say that? Did he say yeah, that?
0: Yeah. Well, that was the oh, Amazing. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> blaming like, the one. Who, who do I support? And she's like, I think I have like he's the doctor, the Ozman. <laughs> he's from uh, the Ozville in Australia. I have a lot of cures for you that are not real cures, but he's good senator. I saw her the other day.
2: Um, yeah. Now, I, I saw, just to oh, interrupt. Muenahan.
0: Yeah, Moynihan sent us just a photo. photo sent us oh, a photo. Snapped with yeah. an iPhone, and Melania yeah. was staring directly at him. Dagger. And she I, I've never been more jealous. She was. And I, I, I want to say for people who first-time listeners, this is not an endorsement of Donald Trump to say that I did... Then the way you used to play football, you have permanent QB. I did suggest at some point in the past that Melania should be permanent first lady. Like you get rid of Trump, you bring in somebody else. You got to take Melania. She comes with the house.
1: Camille, it's the best idea you ever had. I agree. (laughs) I agree. Melania Trump, permanent first lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whoever's in next, they, they inherit her. Yeah, and and yeah. I have said this on the show before. I said it when I saw her the other day. When we got back into the car, we we went uh, to Palm Beach and saw the president's ex president ex-president, vote. There wasn't a lot of people there actually. It was it was pretty pretty relaxed. There's a lot of media, mm. but not a ton. And uh, he came it's out on this country. Mm. And I pointed out, as I have pointed out on this podcast, that <laughs> people hated Donald Trump so much. Did no one ever pointed out that the first lady, number one, was very attractive? Like, no one. Like, the most attractive yeah. ever. Yeah. I mean, there was never a better first lady. I mean, it was like even, Chester Arthur's close. wife. Yeah. I know yeah, some um, people want to debate that, but that's pretend. And you know. Yeah, it. that's pretend. I don't don't, don't fucking it. lie to us. Oh, but she was don't so glamorous. No.
0: No. It's not so, the same.
1: No. Not it's true. Not Jackie. I like Stop Jackie. I, do. I've, yeah. I have Jackie. She's great. But yeah, not that's the same. It's not and the same. And no one points out that, and I'm sorry, if you have kids in the car. Oh, no. The car over and just let them out. Pick them up later. And come back. You find them. They'll come it back. Comes some, facts. Yeah. It comes some facts. Yeah, my dog used to come back. he'd let them out and he'd come back like an hour later. Fine. Just let them go. And let me just tell you this: There's No one points out that she is the only first lady that has fake breasts, and that is true. That is true. It's a Are big you deal. Sure? Big. Very Are you sure they're fake. Look at the pictures. There's pictures, <laughs> look at the pictures, there's, picture, there's pictures out there um, of her in states of undress and um, she, oh, wow. she's, they're phonier than she's Bozo's so, nose, come on.
0: I mean, that's the only thing that's fake about her. Everything else is just so real. I mean, she's so yeah, down she's, to she's, earth, Yeah, that's know? true. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Camille, you just made another great point. Thank you, Whitehead. So, I So, to be clear, shut this down it was like a tonight. really...
2: A really important election yesterday. Yeah, that's right. And that's we're right. just we going to talk, talk about, about Melania Trump's <laughs> drugs. Well, there was
1: one winner, and she was from Slovenia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she is now the the governor of Slovenia. Oh my <laughs> god! In America. Well, look, so let's let's
0: maybe there's a I'm sure there are a number of ways we could try to parse this. The reality is that some of these elections aren't decided yet. Let's go with some of the ones that are decided. Um, You guys want to start in Florida because the Ron DeSanta show is was pretty remarkable. Um, This is a guy who, as we discussed last week, his previous race um, for governor was hotly contested. I believe he won that by like half a half, half a percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's he crazy. won this one
1: by about twenty. About twenty
0: yeah. percent. Yeah. I mean he cleaned he cleaned 19, his opponent's 20, yeah. clock, clock. Um yes. who was another well known uh candidate um yeah, and former governor. Bill is Bill Chris. Yeah former governor yeah. <clears throat> um and Bill Charlie Chris, Chris. Charlie Chris do you think Chris. of Bill Chris yeah. Well, yeah well I think probably voted for Charlie Chris. I mean this is the thing <laughs> Charlie Chris we don't even know. He, he come on now. Um, yeah. And and DeSantis won now I'm wondering what you guys are thinking. One hand, obviously, you were just on the ground in Florida. I suspect you both have perspectives yeah. on this. What do you think was the main factor driving that win? Was it his brave battle with Disney, the fact that he talked tough to Twitter, um, the mm-hmm. Stop Woke Act? What, which one of those things earned him this amazing oh. victory?
1: Co- COVID. Uh, COVID and Irma. Uh, mm-hmm. The people that I talk to, and look, it's a self-selecting group. You go to a... You know, six uh, DeSantis uh, speeches and, mm-hmm. you know, the people that come out are, are, are you know, going to be DeSantis superfans. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of Trump superfans. But, you know, it's interesting because most people had DeSantis gear on mm-hmm. and they were really motivated. And I went to one event, which was a country music concert from some big country music person i'd never heard of and the crowd was wild they were raucous they were so into it and when you talk to people and the first you know and i said this on the on the um substack episode that we did that i I was like breaking up and breaking it like because i just had the worst internet connection but um the first 30 minutes of all these speeches are either directly about COVID policy or kind of tangentially it's a, it's related to COVID policy mm-hmm. so that's a long thing and it's not gloating this is the interesting thing of how he handles it it's not saying like we got it right and everybody else got it wrong he it's the whole thing is the theme is the free state of Florida this is where freedom lives you come mm-hmm. here and you're free and you know Matt mentioned when we did the other po- podcast our um, friend Carol Markowitz who writes for the New York Post who posted a video of her at the um, uh, watch party in Tampa, when uh, DeSantis is like coming down, like shaking people's hand, and like gives her a hard time because she said he was going to win by seven or something, and he's stomping at like you know eighteen, nineteen at that point. Um, <laughs> but she moved to Florida. So one of the themes, what was interesting to me, is I met a couple, and it's in the piece that I did, which which is uh, going to be on television probably about twenty minutes. Um, uh, we just rushed in and got it, got it t- together today. And these people from Minnesota, and I mentioned this, uh, to you guys before where they were like, we moved because of DeSantis. That's mm-hmm. why we're here. And you see that actually in the registrations. I mean, the number of Republican registrations, this is no longer a swing state. That's, that is the red wave happened. It just happened in Florida. And, you know, you see these people, you see, I mean, you have these, Democrats and progressives that win, like this 25-year-old kid um, from Orlando, um, you know, the youngest person in Congress is the kind of um, young lefty kid. But uh, exit polls show 60, 60% Hispanic support for DeSantis. Um, polls before that showed 50-odd percent had Hispanics, with had him the most popular uh, politician in Florida amongst Hispanics. Um, where we went, it's not a Cuban thing anymore. That's what's interesting. It's not just Cubans. The Cubans are, I mean, they love him they love him and I met a guy <laughs> the last one that I went to Rubio came and spoke it was a pretty small thing in Hylia it's this incredible racetrack in Hylia and I met this guy and he must have been like nine feet tall and he was like a Cuban guy and I was like can you, can you want to talk to us and he said sure and he he'd been here for like 30 years and it the it was hilarious it was like how and you know, when you one? say he, he was like, he's good. I love the same. He's good. I love him. He good. And I was like, Yeah, you love me. Like, I love him. good. He good. Democrat bad. I don't like Democrat. It's literally what he said. I mean, I'm not, you can't give me a hard time about this because it's exactly what he sounded like. And he was the nicest guy in the world, like super excited. And these guys were like, No, no, no. This, like, you know, they're not. The the right wing version of what the left does when they say fascism is descending is when people come up on stage and say like communism is going to come and like Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. guys fled communist regimes and they don't, the the people who actually fled communist regimes, they don't say it in that way, but they're like, it's a little too close. One guy said to me, he left Cuba in 89 and when he decided that he was a fan of Republicans was he heard uh, Castro on the radio in 84 and he said the person that we prefer is Walter Mondo. And he said, that's the people that we don't like. That's the, that's the party we don't like. Wow. And that was it for him. He's like, I've never supported a Democrat since, and I will never have, because Castro liked the, the um... you know, and it's a weird kind of vibe there amongst people, like, like uh, what's his name? Um, Jose Diaz Ballart, uh, the, 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 the congressman. Mm-hmm. The incredible thing is that nobody knows this, and nobody, you know, I, I was su- surprised talking to people in the media that didn't know this. You know, I mean, his aunt was married to Fidel Castro. His cousin is Fidelito, the little Fidel who killed himself in 2018. It's mm. all so tied up in this very weird kind of community there. But now they've welcomed in when you go to places like Doral in Miami, which is like, you know, almost it's the most Venezuelan place outside of Venezuela. And the Venezuelans are voting Republican, um, you know, but even also like Central America. It's, it's across um, Hispanics and it's just no longer a thing. I mean, the white vote will be, you know, half Republican or 60% Republican, 40%. That's exactly what the Hispanic vote is now, too. It's like 60-40. I mean, and that's so just you're a really they're, fascinating- they're white adjacent is what you're saying. They're white adjacent. They're absolutely white adjacent. <laughs> that's, that's how the people would frame it. But, but, but as to why people like him so much- White supremacy. Is, I, I mean, Transphobia. They, racism well, that, racism that against people <laughs> that, from south of the border. I mean, those are the national issues, right? <laughs> the, the trans stuff, like that's the that's the national issues. Like people right. care about that a little bit, but, but nobody you know, mentioned that to you when you talk to them. Uh, not really. But there were big applause lines. They they get mm-hmm. they get a lot of applause, particularly like we're protecting women's sports. That's how it's framed. Yeah, and mm-hmm. people really go for that. Dog they whistle. really Dog go for that. Yeah, and I said to, because I said everyone to my is person,
0: so excited about like chicks volleyball, chicks swimming, chicks gymnastics. Yeah.
1: No, the Cuban guys like God protect. Yeah, volleyball, <laughs> protect volleyball, God protect volleyball. I love Cubans, by the way, and that's that's a that's yeah. my my. It's very it's it's, just, it's, it's it's a very sweet version to me.
2: They yeah. cannot finish a uh, the end of a word. No, they don't. It's no, not... you
1: know why they're so excited to get to the next one. <laughs> 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 oh but, my God. I, I say, but the interesting thing is I said to my producer when the pl- applause lines came up the last night we saw, we saw him speak um, when they came up for the for the trans stuff for the, for the sports stuff and for the you know um, I guess hormone blockers that come up too mm-hmm. um, the thing that's interesting about it is that I guarantee you all these people even 10 years ago if you had applause lines about that about gay people, it just it, they would have died, they would have fallen flat. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I don't think anyone would applaud applaud for it because everyone knows gay. They, they have gay people in their family. They have gay. I mean, I met a, a bunch of gay people who were supporting supporting DeSantis. I mean, it's just not mm-hmm. a weird thing, you know. And but the trans thing seems to be you know different. It has a different resonance with people. Not entirely sure why, mm-hmm. um, but you know, look, it's it's the national thing. When you say, well, I mean, somebody said, actually, one of these speakers said, you know, they say that there's no CRT in schools in, um, in Florida, and that might be true, but, you know, it's coming, and we want to make sure when it comes that it doesn't get a, get a foothold. And That's what someone said from the stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were
0: they not aware yeah. that Ron DeSantis, like, he,
1: he passed something? It a stop woke. Uh, there's no more wokeness it. in schools. Yeah, no, no. But, but, but the <laughs> argument tr- was that we're yeah. we're we're preventing this from happening rather than it's ah, actually yeah. currently happening. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it is that everyone gives DeSantis his hard time and says, like, you know, he's not Trump. He's not exciting. He's not blah, blah, blah. I, 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 I couldn't disagree more. And the reason is, is that I think he's kind of trained up in a way. And I was with a, a guy from CBS, um, a guy who I know and I just happened to run into. And he was like, imp- impressed. He was like impressed by him too. He was like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't think that. And one of the ways to be impressed is to watch the people that precede him because everyone's tr- either trying to do a Trump impression or they just suck at it. I mean, there's one guy that's really good who's the CFO of Florida. I can't remember the guy's name, but he, he shows up and does this little shtick where he gives everybody his phone number. He's like, take mm-hmm. down this number and they put it in their phone and he's like, And then someone calls and he reads out the number and they don't know what's happening. Like, oh, my God, I just called him. And he's like, hold us accountable. Like, it's a shtick, you know, but they know what they're doing. They do it in a way that is a little bit Trumpy, but not in a way that is crazy. Right. It doesn't feel crazy. It doesn't read crazy like they're You know, he's very good on the stump. I mean, you see a guy do a speech this many times with no notes and, you know, no prompter and he hits all the notes. He doesn't fumble anything. He gets the crowd really excited. And this is completely separate. I doesn't make a difference what I believe about anything that he's saying. I'm just saying that he's actually good at it. So beyond the fact that he won so handily and like, is it now, like you saw the cover of the New York Post today when it said, the future, uh, you know, the pro probably, <laughs> yeah, the future. I see what they did there. It's not yeah. because he's winning in that way only. It's because he's actually engaging. Mm-hmm. And you could never see anyone this excited about Charlie Crist. And it's, you can have these policies, the COVID policy. He, he, he knows how to deliver it. And he's a good retail politician. End of story. And if people disagree with that, they're wrong. You just have to see him up close and he's actually good at it.
2: A couple of uh, add-ons. Uh, one, uh, and you'd mentioned this on our uh, Members Only um, uh, podcast, Michael, uh, that like the beginning of his rallies are 20, 25 minutes riffing COVID. about COVID yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, Straight. So he is as identified with anti-lockdown policies, opening Mm -hmm. policies, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, as anybody is. Um, There's two states really, I think, that have uh, changed their color on the political map with this election. Florida is one of them, and we'll argue about some other ones um, uh, perhaps later. Florida used to be a swing state. I think now it's not. Like, just now it's not. Marco Rubio. Like, Democrats spent how much money? Uh, on Val Demings, who's supposed to be the incredible new hero, she mm-hmm. got absolutely thumped by a, a, a journalist similar... that
1: I know who is um, not uh, somebody who's like a Rubio fan. <laughs> went to a Val Demings thing and he, he said there was like eight people in a barbershop for six, and he said <laughs> she was she was legitimately terrible. Um, so she was just bad. Like she knew God, it was coming. Perhaps
2: a lot of money that could have been spent uh, elsewhere. She got absolutely thumped. Uh, but he's yeah. part of that story to do that. But another state Biden was down there happened... in the last
0: week of the election, though, right? Yeah. Who? Sorry. What? Yeah. And Biden swung down to to Florida. So it's he amazing did. that he didn't move the needle, or maybe he did. Spending
2: his incredible <laughs> political capital, which yeah. I understand <laughs> is just yeah. you know it's really it's through the roof these days. Through the roof. Wow. Hey, hey, Matt, Uh, he's not going to do
0: anything different after the midterms. He said
2: it. The other state that has changed, (laughs) arguably, is Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, Jared Polis won by 18 percentage points in what has been a purple Mm -hmm. state forever. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, That was expected, unlike uh, DeSantis. DeSantis was polling at around 13, 14 points. So he exceeded his polls by as much as pretty much any governor uh, uh, winning. Uh, Polis is more in line, but that's not the normal uh, status quo in Colorado and all the statewide offices followed suit. What did Polis do to distinguish himself from most other Democratic governors in the country? He was comparatively open. He as soon as the vaccines came around, he said, let's take the fucking masks off. Mm-hmm. Why do we have masks on? It's over. We have vaccines now. Stop it. Um, and people called him crazy and a monster, and then, like, three uh, months later, New York Magazine's like, maybe he's on something. Um, in, <laughs> I, I, I,
1: I, I talked to another journalist who was definitely not a fan of um, of uh, DeSantis and said, um, we uh, did a story about this um, recently and said, you know, um, he, he was right. Um, and I, it looked like it was kind of uh, uh, grudging, but on the Colorado thing, Matt, I just wanted to point this out. The Lauren Boebert um, election of the it's totally ridiculous, Lauren Bobert. Uh, Associated Press has is now at ninety nine percent reporting. Uh, Adam Frisch is uh, leading, but it's fifty percent fifty percent, and the vote difference uh, appears to be seventy odd votes. Wow! wow. wow. One hundred fifty six thousand seven hundred forty six for Adam Frisch and Lauren Bobert. One hundred fifty six thousand six hundred eighty two.
2: I mean, a race that, that was is, on nobody's list of yes. possible flips. Yes, right from yeah. Republican to so Democrat. So sixty odd
1: vote difference right now. Ninety nine percent reporting, and that's according to the Associated Press. You have any idea and, what the turnout was like in that race? I don't know how big that district is.
2: Um, it, I mean, I mean, generally the turnout in this midterm is similar to the twenty eighteen midterms. Yeah. which suggests a permanent state of. Excitation, mm. which from my point of view isn't necessarily good, it means people are all inflamed and crazy and worried about things. Mm. Um, but you know, people who like large voting figures um, will be more excited about that. Um, I did see another there was some thing fall off too, in a couple of places, but we'll we'll get to that. But go ahead, Matt. Um, Brian Kemp, governor of Georgia, who beat Stacey Abrams, who conceded on election night, which was a, a, a kind of a surprise. Camille's disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to stick with it, or either that, or like I mean, she right, was beaten like a drum. Though, sex. I
1: mean, you, you can't at that point. Because but like, Brian Kemp
2: had one of the most, in addition to being kind of an interesting figure in the Trump twenty twenty uh, debacle, um, and kind of holding the line against Trump, trying to obviously manipulate um, uh, the vote total in Georgia. Um, he was as aggressive as an opener as well. Um, so he's so COVID opening seems to. Have been a generally speaking a winner. It's not clean, right? Um, because uh, the weird cautionary tales of Wisconsin and especially Michigan, and those are um, uh, Michigan in particular. Uh, Moynihan, I want to fact check your your claim about Arizona having the craziest people. Yeah, um, Michigan's um, the got GOP. Of, yeah, the Republican slate, and it's not people who hold elected office for the most part, but the people that the Republican Party decided to nominate. And sometimes they were encouraged to nominate them by Democratic spending in in local races. But they had to pull the lever. And they pulled the lever on a slate of absolute crazy. Michigan is a divided state. Michigan um, just now ran the table with Democrats for the first time in a generation. Hasn't happened. Gretchen Whitmer, who was one of the most severe lockdown candidates, exceeded her uh, projections by a hell of a lot. I mean, she won by double digits last time I looked, and I'll have it in front of me in a second. Um, she won by yeah, uh, uh, ten points, ten point six points even against Tudor Dixon, who uh, similar to Arizona, they both kind of weirdly look alike. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Tudor Dixon is, is is crazy pants. All these people are heavy on the uh, kind of the, the election was stolen from Trump. Um, the the one of the worst sort of secretaries of state uh, nominees from re- Republican Party ran in Michigan also lost also lost uh, yeah. yeah also lost and and that's a widespread I should just like cut to at least one headline reaction for me is like this is a goddamn good election. Like, so many bad people lost. I'm a little bit bummed about a couple of things. But generally (laughs) speaking, if we're boiling it all down to 50-50 splits everywhere, people are all upset uh, uh, for the most part. Trump absolutely got his ass handed to him over and over and over again. Like, Mm -hmm. really, in an embarrassing way, it's, you know, this is the third or fourth iteration of Republicans taking the knives out today. The next, uh, have you seen Moynihan, the next uh, New York Post cover, the Trumpy-Dumpty? (laughs) <laughs> yeah trump, which is a it's john i
1: think it's a j yeah john potter That's a piece I mean, a great you piece. Know, that's that's the hometown newspaper that's the newspaper that donald trump long had a very cozy relationship with that's a newspaper that was uh defended him in a lot of ways and took shots at him when when necessary but was you know more generous to him than any other paper in new york has now produced two covers in a row saying it's over for you buddy you're done yeah. we don't like you anymore and that is astonishing that is really really astonishing i mean look John Potter is writing a piece. It's a very good piece, by the way, and that's yep. in on the editorial page, um, the opinion section. To that's a that's a decision to put that mm-hmm. on the cover. Mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. That's somebody made that decision for a reason, you know. And tr- Trump is. You know, it's one of these things that, as the narrative is developed, there comes a point, usually a couple days later, in which the backlash starts, right? And people try to say, "Well, that's actually not too true." true. Here is now the new counter narrative. That can't really happen here. Um, And, you know, what will happen is if you have two races in Arizona that go a particular way, go Republican, like Blake Masters, and Kerry Lake, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, actually, we're going... It's like, no, 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 that's actually not true. Arizona's a kind of special place in its own way. But the election stuff really, really didn't fly. And that is, you know, we have to talk about this because everyone is protecting their ass now all those people who were hyperventilating on television and in print, that democracy was over, well, you know, now actually, it's just because we warned about it and people came out realizing yeah. that it was, it was under threat, so therefore, Posterous. don't say that it wasn't under threat. Um, yeah, I don't buy that for about a thousand reasons, mm-hmm. but it also shows you that stop condescending to the American people. They actually, you look at these exit polls uh, when they have to do with Trump, Do you want Trump to run in 2024? I mean, it was like 65 to 70 percent of people that said no way. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's not popular. And we don't even need those opinion polls. We just need to look at the results of this election. So many people that were anointed by Trump and very poorly thought out. I mean, you, you anoint Dr. Oz in the same way that you anoint John Bolton, somebody who you have no nothing in common with, but they're on TV. That's pretty much the common denominator but these are bad candidates. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're exceptionally bad candidates and the people who don't have that direct interaction with Trump, he's not going to stump for them or anything. uh, The ones that are doing impressions of him are also doing incredibly poorly. He goes down to Florida and refuses, well, he is in Florida, refuses to stump for the man who cleans up And that's Governor Mm -hmm. DeSantis. I mean it's it's a very, very, very bad night for him. But but not not just refuses to stump
0: for him, is openly denigrating him. That starts late, Yeah. Even even today, like there's a post about a post from Truth Social that got lifted where he's talking about how he got more votes in total, in aggregate. Than DeSantis did in this race. But speaking of which, um, Matt, we, so we were talking about. I didn't about know he was turnout. running for governor of Florida. <laughs> yes. <okay. Yeah. laughs> <You're> talking <laughs> about turnout numbers, um, and it's actually the case that Florida. He'd be in jail. <laughs> turnout forty nine point one percent, twenty eighteen. It was actually fifty three point six um, percent. So yeah. turnout a little lower there. I mean, still high um, relative yeah. to to recent like midterm averages, but still lower. Georgia um, fifty two point three percent versus fifty three point nine percent um, in 2018, uh, Wisconsin, um, also down, uh, 59% versus 61%. Uh, Arizona does appear to be, um, a little bit over, but that's still based on a projection. We don't quite know. Pennsylvania. And it also looks like a Mandela Barnes is going to lose that race in Wisconsin. Um, in Wisconsin, right. Um, yeah. and Texas, uh, also turnout 42.4% um, was 45.6% in 2018. So again, still, Higher than averages, but
2: but not like not just tremendous... higher than averages. Higher than any year until 2018, right? Basically, mm, right. that's that's the mm-hmm. point. Like 2018 established a new level of kind of ah. Yeah. Trump motivates people. Yeah, we're but down in... just a little bit from that, but it generally suggests there's a new plateau that's much mm-hmm. higher than 2014, 2010, 2002. 1994 all the way going back like there just hasn't been this level of enthusiasm even if it's down a little bit
0: so we talked a little bit about georgia um earlier um and it's probably worth spending a little bit more time there uh kemp who is running against stacy abrams again is the rematch this is uh the the rumble in the jungle too uh and stacy abrams takes a trouncing was that racist i think so uh yeah maybe a little bit against kemp Um, But Stacey Stacey Abrams takes a thumping and uh, does in fact concede and I I was saying that I would have more respect for her if she were to at least continue to beat the drum about voter suppression and if she were refusing to concede the election and if she talked about disinformation and misinformation but instead she gave this 15 minute speech was very upbeat, where she seemed to suggest that she might run again for something. She at least used run metaphorically five or six different times, and she's going to keep running, even though she didn't cross the finish line this time. Um, but she didn't mention a single thing about voter suppression. And in recent weeks, she's talked openly about the shenanigans that were taking place in the election, the misinformation that was, that was uh, targeting black men in particular and making it unlikely that they would vote for her or the polls were wrong. And it turns out she just profoundly underperformed. And it's hard, it's hard to take seriously any of the nonsense that she said about voter suppression, about disenfranchisement, about the fact that people were looking at turnout and saying, hey, I mean, it already looks like it's going to be pretty good. If turnout is fine, doesn't that mean that most of your concern about voter suppression is nonsense? Um, to which she responded, no, 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 people are turning out because they're so concerned about being disenfranchised. But also there's the December 6th, we're expecting the the Herschel Walker-Warnock uh, runoff because they both finished under 50% in Georgia, Um, I don't know what your, what your feelings are about this race. Does anyone think that Walker has a shot at actually winning this race?
2: A shot, but I would bet against it. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine that the people who are voting for Chase Oliver, the third party, uh, candidate, libertarian party candidate, um, you picked up what, like 2% in that race close to it. Yeah. Like 1.9, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, that on balance they were, um, you know, just going to do that, but, you know, the, but at the last minute decided not to vote for Herschel Walker. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. it's unclear, generally speaking, people who vote uh, for third parties and for the Libertarian Party, even um, a majority of them, or 50% uh, or so, do so because they couldn't identify at all, like they wouldn't have voted otherwise, and then it tends to be kind of split between uh, the rest of the field, so it, it it's pretty negligible, it's surprisingly negligible when you try to redistribute uh, third party votes but it also, I mean think about what happened in Georgia last time around I mean, we're, we're on the verge of repeating history here, down to the possible, you know, Trump announcement, remember that Trump is supposed to give a, a super great announcement I think on November 15th And the last time that we were talking about the Constitution of the Senate, there was a special election in Georgia to determine whether we were going to have a 50 50 tie. And Trump was making a lot of noise about various things. Um, So we're that could happen all over again. I don't think the extra attention is going to make Herschel Walker look better. Um, And I think that there's going to be a lot of people who are pretty invested. It does matter uh, whether. You know, because uh, Alaska is going to go to the Republican no matter what happens. So if the Republicans somehow take both uh, Blake Masters in Arizona and uh, Laxalt in Nevada, then it's a moot point. But I think that's probably going to be more like a split. Um, so I, I, we're careening towards a 50-50. And uh, in that case, um, I think there's going to be, a, a, you know, presuming, although this is also not even uh, set up yet, presuming uh, uh, the Republicans have the House. Um, it's just, it's hard to imagine Herschel Walker coming out victorious, but maybe uh, Moynihan has different yeah. view.
1: Now, I'm sorry, I cut out for a second there. I don't know if you maybe addressed this, but I mean, as far as the Libertarian candidates uh, concerned, it's it's wrong to presume that those, that those voters will lurch back to uh, Republicans. And I don't know if you guys were mentioning that, but I mean, oftentimes mm-hmm. that's, you have two people that are, such awful candidates that you vote for the other person on the ballot, and also there 's a lot of libertarians that would not vote for Herschel Walker, so I mean we don 't know how this is going this is going to come out. Um, but as far as you know, if you look at these things, I mean, it, it, Georgia's interesting because of you know ticket splitting and and seeing what happened with Stacey Abrams and you know Brian Camp. Yeah, substantial. And, yeah, time. it's like yeah. people are actually paying attention. Raffensperger too. too. I mean, people are paying attention to that election. I mean, but the, you know, at the end of the day, when you zoom out a little bit, you can get into the weeds about all of these things. I mean, I'm I've been kind of looking at the. Mandela Barnes stuff because I find it I find that race really interesting, uh, particularly because uh, the Tony Evers the the governor's uh, race too, and how annoyed people were at her at him about the riots, um, and you know he performed horribly during that and Mandela Barnes himself too, um, so that's actually a really interesting race and you know there's a lot kind of in that that you can draw out of it, but more than anything it's just like you know pull back and realize. That you have the first midterm of Joe Biden's presidency, which should result in a total wipeout, right? I mean, it's not 2004 and George W. Bush. This is going to follow, you know, the trends that, you know, historical trends that always happens, right? You also have an absolutely horrible economy, right? I mean, there's all of these things that you just line them up. And we look at this and say, what are what are important to voters? And we go through these things like, well, abortion was a lot more significant than we thought it was going to be, et cetera. Either way, you go down this a lot of bad stuff. There's a lot of bad stuff people can be concerned about, whether it's whether it's crime. And and the pushback on that, by the way, it's amazing to look on cable news and see people say, like, well, you know, people realize that that was a bullshit issue. Like, get the I mean, come on now. This I mean it's mm-hmm. amazing the projection that people have on these things of like projecting their own pet pet things and saying, well, actually, I'm vindicated by it. But the fact that the Republican Party did not absolutely stomp in this is the fault of one person, and it, it's just the fault of Donald Trump. But I'm, I'm happy in one way. So Matt says this is a good election, and I can imagine listeners being annoyed and saying, well, you know, there's a lot of bad, shitty people, Democrats, uh, <laughs> who are who are coming across the transom now, and we're stuck with them in the Senate for six years, like, you know, John Fetterman. Um... But the thing about it is is that I think it is more important in the short term to loosen his grip on the party and allow people to say what they want to say. You need that. This is going to be that Spartacus moment if these people have some bravery. We'll see what happens after he announces because that's going to be that moment when, let's see, in the next sort of month after that, how people treat that announcement. But when you realize that the number of people who are election deniers well the people who really are that the carry legs the people are running for you know the, the secretaries of state that are getting trounced here and there the other people in congress i mean again we've talked to peter meyer about this we've talked to i've talked to a lot of people about this they don't buy it they they're just like look i don't want to get primary this is what happened to peter peter stood up he made himself counted he voted for impeachment and said of course you know donald trump lost the election And they, along with their Democratic friends, put everything into, you know, uh, getting John Gibbs, who is a complete nutbag, through that primary. Is it going to be a case now after this? And this is what, to Matt's point, which might make it a good election, of the fact that the number of people who said these things about the election— I don't think anyone believes it. I know some people do. I can, you know, I could go down the Louis Gomert list of people that do, but so many of them don't because they just want to keep their jobs. Now that Donald Trump is, you know, keeping people out of jobs, like making Republicans lose races, maybe they will be freer to 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 say what they actually believe about him. I mean, you saw Mike Pence today in the Wall Street Journal. He pulled a lot of punches, but Mike Pence wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal about like my final days with Donald Trump. It's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Um, He's, you know, and like Mike Pence is, like even being made fun of by by Donald Trump in the same breath when he's saying Ron DeSanctimonious, he says like they're going down the list of like popular Republicans. He puts it up on a screen. And he's like, Mike Pence, I don't believe that, 4%, don't believe it. You know, it's like he's just like shitting on him constantly. My, I think he said better, better than, I than I expected, expect. right? And in, 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 in like, like to use the term of the MAGA people, like this is the actual yeah. cucks, right? The people that are just like, you know, still being like, Donald, can you like me? But when it doesn't matter anymore, everything changes because you're going to see that that I think, and this is a prediction that I could be totally wrong about, but you're going to see that the actual MAGA world is one man and a bunch of people fearful of him that don't really believe in the greater MAGA project.
2: Because so many. I mean, here's a, Go ahead, Matt. Here's a yeah. test. How many times did J.D. Vance use the word Trump in his victory speech?
1: Well, you know why? The answer is zero. I mean.
2: The answer is fucking zero. He went zero. and mm-hmm. not even stumped
1: once. for J.D. Vance and made fun of him.
2: Yeah, he, he humiliated, he humiliated him. him. I mean, J.D. Vance lost his masculinity yes. when he was running. I believe he was, cut, Matt. He, he was cucked, man. He won. He won the seat. Cong- congratulations. You won the seat. And, and I had predicted at various points that he would not win. So I'm meeting mm-hmm. Crow here. Um, I'm meeting Crow while saying here's a person who up until – you know, 2018, had a very respectable career in life. And now I think he's a contemptible human being. Um, uh, so, again, congratulations. It's, it's wonderful. Um, but he doesn't mention Trump because he doesn't have to. It doesn't matter anymore. He's got a job for six years. Trump's not going to be a force in American politics six years from now if he's still, like, breathing through all the bacon cheeseburgers. Um, <laughs> the other thing to, to look at is how many people— who came out on these various lists as election deniers, as compiled by the New York Times and Washington Post and other mm-hmm. uh, people who are watchdogging this. How many of those people who ran for office and lost uh, have refused to concede and have talked crazy denialist, uh, uh, presuming that word is okay for a second, mm-hmm. which I don't mm-hmm. like it, uh, but, but who, who have refused to concede? Damn mm-hmm. few of them, well, I, right? I, 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 Lee Zeldin, every single time that he got anywhere near Kathy Hochul, she's like, you know, you're a, you're an election denier, you're a covid denier, you're a vaccine denier whatever. Um, whatever. Uh, you know, he waited until today, which is the right day to to um, to concede. But basically everyone's conceding. Um, And there's not a lot of noise about it. There's going to be noise in Arizona. Absolutely. Yes. There's going to be noise in Nevada, no matter what, yes. because they're taking a fucking long time oh, to count the votes. T- California, too. Yeah, they're taking too. a long time to
1: count the votes, and they've had screw-ups in the machines in, in Arizona. But the thing with Carrie Lake, who is a lunatic, is uh, um, it reminds <laughs> me of the photo from the inaug- inauguration day in 2016. Do you remember the photo of the 65 photographers around the burning trash can? That's what she yeah, is. Exactly. Like everybody yeah. Oh, yeah. is reporting. Carrie Lake said this thing. <laughs> She's denying the election. <laughs> They're so excited.
0: But it, it does feel like a lot of the, the election denial stuff is, is very calculated. Um, even the way that they've gone about doing it throughout these races for the most part. And we all know Donald Trump won that election. Yeah, it's an applause line. Sure. I don't think most of these people t- t- tend to take this stuff seriously. And the more the, the J.D. Vance campaign went on, the more it seemed to me that this is a guy who, when he actually gets into office, might try to moderate in a substantial way so that he can actually make a go of this. I don't know if that's likely, but it certainly doesn't seem to me that there is much incentive to be the most Trumpy version of himself once he's actually in office.
2: I would, I would say that he has embraced the kind of national conservative movement that, that mm-hmm. created itself in the kind of wake of Trump. Um, mm-hmm. And he will be committed to those things in a similar way that uh, Josh Hawley is, you know, or, or other people who have fashioned themselves in, in this way. And, you know, those things are ex- very explicitly against most things that I believe in. So I presume he'll be more honorable uh, doing that than he has been up until this point to get this. And, you know, he could turn and do whatever. Um, I'm not that concerned about it. Uh, he underperformed by a lot um everybody uh mike Mm -hmm. dewine certainly who won uh governor's race um in in ohio um it's uh it's a trump plus eight state um but he won and uh and you know it's he's tim ryan who he beat it's funny i mean moynihan and i were both and i don't know about you camille were watching msnbc last night not for any other reason except for our, our friend Steve Kornacki is just fucking better at it He's than so everybody it. by crazy. a lot. Yeah, did I mean, you, flip- you you know I was watching? It's crazy. <laughs> Turn you, it down every time Joy Reid start talking. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah just, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we we she really we is a genius. Do uh, you think <laughs> about that? That's a real <laughs> no genius. because like I'm <laughs> lunging for the mute button. Please stop. And <laughs> I, you know, I, I I was sitting there with with Coco for a little bit of it, and I had to. Explain without explaining, like, you know, oh, here's a panel of five people, all of whose shows I have been mm. on. And, 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 and You've many been times, on Matto? like traded very – I was on Matto once during the uh, 2008 – it ended in spectacular failure. Um, it was in uh, the little remote uh, uh, filming place in D.C., you know, yeah, up on yeah, that yeah. hill. Um, mm-hmm. And it was because of the McCain book. And so I'm on there, and I'm a little nervous. I haven't done a lot of uh, cable TV. And uh, it's probably like you know the summer of 2008 or the fall, and I'm on there. And Matta was a huge deal back then, you know. She was her star was definitely rising, and she gets me talking about it. And I'm gesticulating wildly with my hands like I'm some kind of Italian or Liz Wolf or something. And uh, and as <laughs> and as uh, uh, as part of it, I rip out my uh, earpiece. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Which is not no. good in a remote hit. No. Like and uh, and she does that thing with her eyebrows and she says, well, Matt Welch, that was really interesting, and I'm sure we're going to have you on back a lot. And that was the last time I ever- she said that <laughs> sarcastically. <laughs> that <actually. too? laughs> it wasn't clear. It wasn't sarcastic. It wasn't clear. I'm like sure it she was, was open yeah. to like I I nailed it, and I was good because I, 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 I talked about McCain in a way but that you was never useful came back to an on. MSNBC audience. I, I don't, certainly never came back on, not remotely, like ever <laughs> yeah. again. It felt like I really screwed up. So I'm sure Busty Wimsett will get on the uh, he'll find the he'll find historiography it. there. I, I want to um, But no, like like oh, God, like right. seeing all these people uh are assembled around a table and it was it's weird. It's a disorienting experience um to see and I think Chris Hayes was probably the best of the group uh last night and what's her face whose name I forget. Um Joy Reid uh, uh also no, um <laughs> it's not Joy Reid. <laughs> uh, Tiffany Cross. But like it's they're different. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. They're different than they that were five, has, five, RIP, RIP. five, seven years ago in their in their emphases of uh, of various things. But he, you watch MSNBC for Cornacki because he's uh, incredible and and uh, and brilliant, and it's but also the world that they're surrounding him with. It's just uh it's an interesting. There was set of
1: somebody who's a friend of ours, I think, and I can't remember who it is. So I'm sorry if you're listening and I'm denouncing you. But there's somebody who's in our universe who said <laughs> something on Twitter. He's like, You know, I used to respect Steve Carnacki. I like Steve Carnacki. And what? now I'm watching this what? and he what? has this like insane idea that the Democrats could like potentially uh, retain the House. And it was like, then, as the night went on, it was like it's not totally ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> he's not, he's not and kind of crazy. crazy, and he was playing it out. Not I mean, crazy. he was, he was, it was caveated in a number of ways, too. But, mm-hmm.
2: but yeah, just to shut it, and yeah. he's directly responding to Rachel Maddow. I mean, part of the, the reason why the, the broadcast worked was because it was uh MSNBC anchors in various uh formations wish casting. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. knowing that you could just call on Steve. So, Steve, what about that house race yeah. in North Carolina yeah. and the outstanding vote? And he's like, okay. And, like, immediately gets and plays out an entire scenario. It's fantastic. I, I switched back, and I'm sure you guys did too, on occasion to CNN or other places mm-hmm. just to see – the, you know, because there's a commercial break. I don't want to watch the goddamn you know Cialis commercials or whatever. Well, although um, they
0: did have the little box of of Cornacki just like kind of spinning around yeah. at the board yes, the, while the commercials Kornack, Kornacki were Kornacki on. <laughs> yeah, like MSNBC so knows good. that he's he's the he's draw. draw. Just
2: I mean, show every, him at the mat you know that like you think that he's like
1: working out numbers on that cam, but he's actually like betting on horses. <laughs> it's true oh yeah he's he's (laughs) betting on professional betting on the greyhound races Uh, (laughs) just keep moving just keep moving
0: (laughs) Uh,
2: i love how every like hyper uh, you know uh uh involved uh sort of female journalist type of person on twitter will say oh look i know he's gay i know he's gay (laughs) still he could totally get it yeah (laughs) on election nights it's incredible i mean The man is a real
1: belt loosener for the uh, MSNBC crowd. (laughs) I love it. It's not even guys. I don't think guys are interested. They're like they they're like yeah no it's like he's because they know he's he's got a partner and then the women they don't care. They're like I can conquer that. No you can't. Stop doing that. Stop harassing Steve. He's our friend. We love him. He's a genius. And the, the the incredible thing about Steve, by the way, is that the difficulty in this job there's a million difficulties. But it's not even knowing, knowing the kind of, you know, the architecture of every race and every district. It is the fact that you can, someone shouts out something about a county in, in you know, Wisconsin and he knows the actual physical shape of the county. And there's so many and they're yeah. so close, it's like he, he never gets it wrong. He goes in like, I'm gonna get that county, but like, yeah. oh, it's not, oh shit, it's actually the one over. I mean, I still...
2: And it's like a suburb of a college yeah. campus or I whatever. do that, and I'm like, oh, yeah.
1: fuck, that's Oklahoma? Like, oh, shit, I thought that was something else. <laughs> Krenacki's, like, getting deep. No. I'm like, Jesus, man. Beautiful mind. He's beautiful mind. Yeah. He's oh, beautiful God.
2: Mind. Alabama and Arkansas. I still... No idea. I flipped no idea. them yesterday. I'm Both sure. of
1: them are, are amazing, full of amazing people. <laughs> we have listeners there, um, I know. Well, we should talk...
0: We should talk about um, the Wisconsin election for a little bit, because I I think that the result there is interesting. And I'd I'd shot a note over um, earlier, a text uh, with this uh, Washington Post piece um, about Kenosha, Wisconsin. And this was from Halloween. But the headline was echoes of unrest in Kenosha in 2020 are affecting a tight governor's race in Wisconsin. Um, and the story is, of course, about the absolutely miserable, detestable governor, um, Tony Evers. So, Did I say that? And, and this is a little biased, yeah, isn't I mean, it? That's fine. He that's is fine. detestable and terrible. Um, and it is about his lackluster performance, um, or I should say deplorable performance um, in response to the, the violence, the paroxysms of violence throughout 2020, but in particular after the Jacob Blake shooting, which pretty much leveled. The city of Kenosha, yep, uh, a did. place that is still reeling from the destruction there and the devastation, and it's it's something that you probably haven't seen, uh, but I suspect um, yep. that at some point you will. I know some folks working on a, a dock project um, to to kind of surface yeah. some of the footage of the the chaos and. And carnage let's stop there. quickly. But people were deeply affected. Let, by let's stop quickly
1: to give the 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 listeners of this podcast an incredible amount of credit because I was there the day after the riots um, mm-hmm. in Kenosha. And spoke to a bunch of people that have this old uh, Danish. Uh, it looks like all these old, like like ninety years old, and they were like passing around the cup, couple mm-hmm. bucks here and there because their their place was completely gutted and burned down. And uh, the listeners of the film really came through and and raised a ton of money for them uh, to get their stuff uh, back together. And it was really sad because I mean they had all these books of photos from the eighteen hundreds that were like burnt out, and they were pulling them out of the wreckage while I was there. And that's what you know affected me. And, you know, it's, it's always important, you know, Camille said that there's somebody he knows making a film about it, and um, I look forward to that, because, I mean, it's forgotten about in the ways mm-hmm. that, you know, you saw those burned out cars. That was the image that you saw, like the lines of cars that were burned out in a dealership, and that was the guy that I spoke to at some length who was an Indian immigrant, uh, first generation. He had come from India and worked at Red Roof Inns gathering money to buy his first cars to, to start the dealership. Uh, and they were all just—they dis- mm-hmm. were, you know—a a person of color, shall we say, and they were um, in, in service of him. Uh, they destroyed his business, which didn't make sense to him, which was really interesting. But but sorry, I want—I just wanted to give a shout out to the people that that actually uh, yeah. pitched in and did actually a really, co- really yeah, cool, really
0: cool script. And and I should say, like Governor Evers, in the immediate aftermath of the Jacob Blake shooting, on the same day he issues a statement, um, and this is just hours after the shooting, so clearly. The investigation, to the extent (laughs) one exists at that point, is in its earliest stages. Uh, So we don't know what happened. But his statement was very brief, um, but it was incendiary. In addition to mentioning, Blake goes on to evoke all of these other names of, uh, in this case, slain black people killed by law enforcement um, in an effort to stitch together uh, a particular narrative and insist clearly um, and decisively, in the absence of actual evidence and a thoughtful, thoroughgoing investigation, that here it is again, another murder. Almost like you're ringing the dinner bell and encouraging people to go out into the streets and participate in mass carnage um, and mass violence and destruction. Um, And that is precisely what happened. And I'm I'm not saying that you can lay the blame for this at his feet. But political leadership in a circumstance like this ought to be begging for calm and insisting that there will be transparency and that he will work at this so that there is a clear sense of of what happened and uh, uh, set an expectation that people will get justice. Uh, And I just think he he failed
2: miserably to do that. Wisconsin is one of those places like uh, Georgia that is going to likely have or definitely have a ticket split. right? So Ron Johnson is going to win against uh, Barnes. I don't have the name in front of me. I'm not Mm going to mispronounce it. Um, (laughs) uh, But that's been declared a victory in in a tight Senate race. But the incumbent uh, Democrat, Tony Evers, uh, he won against Mm -hmm. Tim Michaels. (laughs) <laughs> and he wasn't projected to. um, uh, dot com, um basically called it a toss-up, but a slight lean towards Tim Michaels uh, in this. And a lot of other people uh, said that as well. And he ended up winning by uh, three-and-a-half percentage points. Um, and I think it's pretty interesting to look three and at and a half that. Three-and-a-half percentage
0: points, which is, which is bigger than the gap between Mandela Barnes and Ron Johnson, because that was yes. like
2: barely a percent. Um, and, uh, I mean, Wisconsin, like Michigan, is, is pretty much a swing state. Obviously, those two places were incredibly tight in the 2020 election and pretty tight in the 2016 election as well. Um, and uh, it's partly because Lee Michaels, or Tim Michaels, sorry, uh, Tim Michaels um, was much, this is in my opinion, um, much more of like a wild-eyed Trumpy. Right. Um, There's I've been trying to follow the governor's races around the country um, uh, for trace elements of covid. Right. So Tim Michaels, his um, message everywhere was Kenosha and covid, covid and Kenosha, Kenosha and covid, usually leading with Kenosha. Um, And this is pretty common uh, for a lot of Republican uh, challenges for governor's races in in, the Senate and House as well. Things having to do with law and order, crime is up in a lot of different places, and people's perception of it is is up, and they'll talk about COVID policy or they'll talk about inflation. Um, uh, Michael Brennan Doherty had a pretty good piece in the National Review on November 2nd, um, arguing that it's about the COVID stupid, and in his point of view, um, and I think there's a lot to it, that crime and inflation, which are really big issues in this election by any uh, exit poll or pre-election poll, um, are essentially straight downstream from COVID policy, um, as is education. I mean, the, the things that people are worried about have a lot to do with choices that were made in the face of the pandemic um, and, and, and bad choices. But so who does well in the face of that and who doesn't do well? And that's a fascinating um, question. The, in the Nevada's race, which will take forever to count, but when they finally count it, my prediction is that the governor's rage, which people will be paying less attention to than they will the Senate race, because the Senate race will contribute mightily to who has final control over the United States Senate. But in the um, uh, in the governor's race, the incumbent uh, Democrat, Steve Sisolak, is running against a guy named Joe Lombardo, who is the uh, Republican sheriff of Clark County, the Vegas county Um Lombardo's going to win. I'm pretty sure, unless something super weird happens, and he'll be declared the winner before um, other before the Senate races is, is probably declared because he's uh, has a much bigger lead right now. It's like four percentage points um, as we speak. In this, it's the number COVID is by far the number one issue, and crime is number two. Um, so these issues have all come up. The thing is, Lombardo also endorsed by Trump also sort of put on the spot about his Trumpiness by media and in the debate and stuff. But Tim Michaels in Wisconsin is way more Trump-tarded than uh, than not. Not quite as much as Tudor Dixon. Tudor Dixon in, in nearby Michigan, which also should have been a swing state in this election, and wasn't because the GOP candidates across the board, starting with Tudor Dixon, and the governor's uh, nominee nomination is going to have a, a, a strong effect on the rest of of the downstream kind of candidates. These people were super Trumpy, uh, questioned the 2020 election in ways that that uh, caused alarm bells. So I will be interested to see what exit polls and other things show us in Michigan and Wisconsin. My initial suspicion is that the aggressive Trumpiness um, of both of those candidates made an easy victory against a Democrat who presided over terrible policies uh, about COVID, about crime, and about Kenosha, all the Ks, triple Ks. Um, uh, They screwed it up. You could have had this. This was an easy, this was a layup. There's no reason why a Republican doesn't win uh, against Tony Evers, and they screwed it up. They shouldn't have uh, lost to Gretchen Whitmer either, and they didn't even come close. But Mm -hmm. the fact, uh, and it's another reason why I have, and I'm curious to hear from both of you, because last night... Uh, Moynihan's like I hate that uh, uh, what's his name Mandela Barnes yeah. Mandela Barnes yeah also, also um, contemptible Um, and I, I'm not aware of him because I had never been to Wisconsin as far as I know uh, except <laughs> in an airport uh, but you guys paid attention to that story a lot more so uh, the fact that the voters split their ticket and said yeah I don't want the super Trumpy guy but I'll take Ron Johnson who has problems of his own um, over this other guy. So what was what's so contemptible about the Democrat who lost in the Senate race there?
1: Kenosha. Uh, honestly, my interaction with him and my knowledge of him uh, comes from his reaction to um, the disaster in Kenosha and everybody who was involved in that, and it, including and up to Joe Biden, who came to Kenosha. Donald Trump came to Kenosha and Joe Biden came the next day. D- Trump came and surveyed the damage And you know, talk to people who own businesses. And Joe Biden tried to differentiate himself by coming and going to talk to Jacob Blake and his family. And Jacob Blake, not a good guy, and not somebody (laughs) that you want to be celebrating the situation like that. Particularly because, as we've talked about before, all the initial information about this of this um, wonderful we we, we actually
0: knew some of those details about his like background pretty early. on. We did actually. That was that's true. Some indication and the video too. The the craziness with his girlfriend. Um, early on we didn't the knife was a little harder to see in his hand um, and you know the the shooting in the back etc so to speak was a a little bit jarring to see obviously but there were questions about that shooting early 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 on um, that should have at least given folks some pause but it was the summer of 2020 so say their name. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um. uh, yeah we don't have to we don't, we, we, we don't have to relitigate that but Mandela Barnes did not um, acquit himself in the way that you would want of someone in the United States Senate um, and look Bron Johnson not somebody I'm a fan of either but, um, but mm-hmm. uh, you know if, if, if you have to choose look I'm not, I'm not from Wisconsin um, I know that, that, that people don't have some strong feelings about that in Wisconsin so um, I'll just leave it at that well, one one thing that
0: I definitely want to talk about a little bit um, is just the the role of Joe Biden um, in the midterms. Uh, there were places where he, he did not go, um, for example, um, and places where he did go. He went to Pennsylvania a lot, um, and one wonders whether or not he actually had something to do with the outcome there, because I know that Democrats were increasingly concerned that a candidate who seemed pretty compromised and Fetterman uh, might not actually be able to pull it out over... Uh, Dr. Oz, but despite his lackluster performance in the debates and various other questions about his health and his cognitive capacity, um, he managed to win. And I imagine that suggests to me anyways that almost anyone could have won um, against Dr. Oz in that particular race. But Joe Biden went there, but there were plenty of other places where there were close races and Joe Biden was not a factor at all. And folks seem disinterested in having him show up. And that has something to do with the fact that his um, job approval numbers, while they've ticked up slightly in recent weeks, um, have been in the toilet for an extended period of time. And prior to the midterms, there have been persistent questions about whether or not he will run. He was asked that again today, um, actually. Um, someone's citing a number saying like two thirds of <laughs> Americans don't want you to run. I don't know where that data point came from,
2: or if that's including true a majority, of, um, majority of Democrats too.
0: But I, I not I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but I wonder what your thoughts are because Biden and a number of other Democrats seem to be accepting this as a, a, a some sort of vindication. Uh, Biden insisting that nothing will change. Um, after the midterms, that they're going to keep keep the stay the course here, and that they're all they their are focus losing the
1: house. The they do. Standpoint. They are aware of that, right? It's great. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they've but they've
0: outperformed <laughs> expectations here. People were people were expecting a red wave, and it's uh, as as you said, Moynihan. It's contained to Florida for the most part. Yeah. Um. So this is and, a good outcome. York.
1: Yeah, and New York. I mean, New York was a very red. Light. I mean, you also look at. Um, you know, the, the, what, what did Cuomo won? It was like 20 points or something like that. And the Zeldin, I mean, that tells you a lot that Zeldin uh, loses by a small of a margin that he did. So New York is actually pretty mm-hmm. interesting in that sense too. But as far as like, you know, Joe Biden can't take credit for any of this. Democrats can't take credit for any of this. I mean, not none of it. I'm sure that there's some that they can, but there's, there's so many bad candidates that they ran, mm-hmm. but, The Trump wing of the Republican Party ran worse candidates. You know, I mean, Raphael Warnock is not an impressive person. He's not an impressive person in any in any way. And the -hmm. only person I can imagine who's less impressive is the one person he ran (laughs) Is Herschel Walker. Is Herschel Walker. (laughs) Um, What an exceptionally bad candidate. Yes.
0: Like you just like you meet a woman and sleep with her and then just pay in advance for the abortion. Just like that is a weird
1: thing I mean look there's
2: nothing favorite. wrong with that particularly <laughs> Moynihan ideas over yeah here. I mean I'm just not
1: running, I'm just not running for Senate w- w- it's, I mean, considerate. Yeah, smart, it's considerate I'm smart I'm smart enough not to run <laughs> look,
0: imagine it. if he didn't pay for the abortion yeah abortions. Yes. what if he was an asshole who just wouldn't pay yeah I, I would think he's that like, no, because of you the Dobbs go, decision baby. Take care of that baby
1: I would think that he send b- her a card afterwards yeah well he's a nice guy I mean if I would think that because of the jobs decision, there'd be a lot of Democrats that were, would, would, would break for uh, Herschel Walker. He's yeah. somebody that— Actually, this is— he's you're, somebody, Yeah, You're changing my mind about yes. him.
0: Yes. I, I think a killer, a killer campaign ad, see what yes. I did there. A yes. killer campaign mm. ad would be Herschel Walker class act. Yeah, and Not only did he pay for there the There are two
1: people on the ballot. He sent a card. And they're both Get pro-choice. Well. herschel walker is the most he's the the most herschel
0: walker has aborted more babies he's been responsible for more abortions
1: than any other man you hate dogs state of georgia vote for (laughs) herschel he hates Dobbs too he really does oh my god uh no i mean it it, it's really funny in the like immediate recriminations of people trying to to say that you know, what it, I mean, look, by the way, it was Democrats, too. If you listen to people on MSNBC, etc., they were not saying that this uh, red wave isn't going to happen. One of the interesting mm-hmm. things about this is that Dobbs actually does have quite a bit to do with it. I dismiss this because all the polling before said you should dismiss it. Turns out. Yeah. After yeah. The exit polling that's suggests not, something that, else. That was wrong. And mm-hmm. Republicans have to admit that, particularly when you see things like the ballot initiative in Kentucky, um, which was a pretty, a, a pretty extreme uh, way of dealing with uh, abortion. I mean, the, the actual phrasing of the bill I have to pull up, but uh, that went down in defeat. I mean, from so you have mm-hmm. Kansas and you have Kentucky and places that people uh, tend to think of as ruby red. That are reacting against these uh, abortion bills. and look at the exit pollings on p- polling on abortion is what changes people's mind about this quite a bit. So people are coming out for that reason, and the Dobbs decision did not help Republicans in, in any way. So that helps Democrats. Bad candidates help, dem- help Democrats, but that's about it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not there's some sort of absolutely charismatic person in the way that people, or particularly the media, found somebody like AOC charismatic. Um, I can't like, name a candidate that won, who's a Democrat that impresses you in any way. I mean, I'm easily impressed by people I the, disagree uh,
2: with. The ones uh, weirdly, in watching MSNBC, they they were they kept going off on like how impressive some of the ones who lost were. Val Demings <laughs> just so impressive. Yeah. Tim Ryan, again. like really doing the blue collar thing in a way, just lunch buckets all the way down and keeping Biden at impressive. arm's length yeah um, Do you see his, I would you see his concession speech which
1: he was like i want credit for conceding it's like oh, god i mean come on now really he, he did this whole <laughs> thing of like i am unlike these scumbags i am conceding it's like yeah i think republicans are conceding all across I, the country I mean, today too did he want
2: did he want credit for conceding you know finishing 17th in the democratic presidential primary i remember that holy mm. shit he ran for president um, i forgot I about, about that back when i yeah, I, I I ran into him in the MSNBC green room back when oh, MSNBC right. used to invite me on. Yeah, um, and uh, and I he's a perfectly nice guy. Um, and, but I said, like, dude, yeah, uh, your comms people, like, you know how there's like a half a dozen politicians who like like. Never let go. They're like the Gila monster on your arm mm-hmm. in terms of the emails that they'll send to you. You never interacted with them. You never had a thing. But suddenly, you get every email from Tim Ryan's uh, congressional yeah, it's office. Weird. That was it's, the it's, case it's with like, him, with me. For, for for like,
1: it's like they're sucking up like data I from don't your phone spend a lot of time as you walk Ohio. by them. Yeah, I mean, Ryan <laughs> ran, ran an interesting campaign. And I, I, yeah, no, continue, man. I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, I was just saying he ran an interesting campaign because he was like he knew how to he knew how to be. Uh, tell everyone I'm not a liberal. As he kept on trying to say that, you know, I, I, I buck my party all the time. Absolutely I buck my right, party all the time.
2: And, and, lost. Right. and lost, and lost. I mean, and, I, mean but I, I, also I, lost. I think some people. I, was suggest, I mean, it's Ohio, yeah. right? I mean, I encourage. Mm-hmm. Ohio is a much uh, more difficult slog, but I do encourage uh, Democratic friends to um, allow themselves to take the hint of people who lose a lot. And I'm not saying Tim Ryan is in that category yet. Um, uh, perhaps, and I think probably he ran better than one would expect given the fundamentals of Ohio. It's not an easy thing and given the fundamentals of the economy and a bunch of other stuff. But certainly with Stacey Abrams and Beto O'Rourke. yeah, like we've proven it now, okay? They're not good candidates. What they are is they're great candidates for raising money, for mm-hmm. like profiting. And having the people around them mm-hmm. profit, and this is a, a very important thing, uh, from um, uh, uh, attracting your false hopes or your sense of anger and, 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 and hatred towards other people, identify those people, because they suck. Um, and I'd say this as someone who was very interested in Beto O'Rourke's early career 12 years ago. He was actually an unorthodox Democrat. Mm-hmm. He was in favor as in the El Paso City Council. Um Beginning there, but then also in the House of Representatives um, of legalizing weed when no one was doing that at at all. And he was also like free trade and and fiscally kind of uh, conservative. He was a bunch of different things that was uh, that was kind of interesting. Then it became this kind of like are you describing you're you're, Harold Ford. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, very much. Uh, I mean he was a little bit a little bit more like Harold Ford was made for TV but Beto mm-hmm. is more like yeah, you know, going to New New Hampshire yeah. New Hampshire pancake mm-hmm. breakfast and stuff. But like recognize those people are, are out there to raise money. That's what they're good at. That's mm-hmm. not good at doing politics or winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so take the L. Don't don't but look if... at them and say that they're great. The one answer to your question, Moynihan, mm-hmm. of all of the candidates that anyone on MS uh, NBC said we're good and actually won is uh Josh Shapiro of Pennsylvania. I haven't seen him don't know anything about him, but that was the one person who at least had the benefit of actually winning a contested race um against an absolute like maga gutter snipe um uh, oh, like Doug, Doug Mastriano is a knuckle dragging
1: um, but... moron and 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 uh, Don Baldock in in New Hampshire um who's also a complete moron. Right. And uh I there is a hilarious moment where people were pretending that that race was competitive he finished i think with about 41 or 42% of the vote um a a a hideous hideous candidate in a in a place like new hampshire it just made no sense and you know look you see this all across the map the jpod no go ahead man sorry
2: the uh i'm sorry i'm uh, stepping on everyone's lines and i uh, apologize for that but like <laughs> uh the jpod piece uh the trumpy dumpty one uh makes the essential point which is that in every single midterm election independence uh by double digits vote for the opposition party that happens all the time it didn't happen mm-hmm. this time it's 49 to 48 uh in favor of democrats that is an absolute as the brits and the europeans say an own goal yeah. like it was just sitting there waiting for you people feel incredibly dissatisfied about the country everyone uh gi- just gigantic poll numbers of people who feel like we're going in the wrong, wrong direction Inflation sucks. There's all kinds of upset about things, and you fucked it up. You really did. Independents are yeah. the kind of they're – the, they're the cushion on the pendulum. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going too far. Stop mm-hmm. it. Do you, do you know and what the most – had that sense. Yeah,
1: you know what the most common thing with the MAGA types, and one group of people I talked to particularly yesterday, that um, when they go on in the election stuff. And the important thing about interviewing people when you're doing television – is when you interview politicians, you argue with them, you fight with them, you push back. When you interview pundits, uh, people who own businesses, companies, people who are doing bad things, you push back. You don't push back on ordinary people. That's just that's not how it works. You don't don't get in fights. And sometimes people misunderstand. Like, why didn't you say, you know, the election wasn't stolen? It's like, that's your job is to try to understand why people think the things that they do. So these people were talking about this. And I was thinking this through. I was trying to get to where, like, it was so insane there was like the guy was saying like you know the fake attack on Paul Pelosi and by the way where have you seen him before and I'm like I've literally never seen that guy before and he's like yeah you saw him at January 6th didn't you and I'm like no I didn't And he's like exactly <laughs> I was like, and he's like yeah I have a he literally said to me he's like I have a great brain for faces and I was like I know that guy and I was like uh, what the, yeah. the homeless guy who, sure you the, do. the nudist colony dude he was at January 6th so does that mean he's a MAGA guy he's like no no it means he's Antifa and I'm like oh my god I don't know what the fuck yeah that's about. right so it's so it's always. so it's so, so crazy but they're talking about the election and it is a version of the uh, apocryphal uh, Pauline kale quote who uh, you know how did nixon win i don't know anyone who voted for him they were like i can't there's literally no way joe biden won like everybody i know voted for trump and that mm-hmm. there's in the maga world there we talk a lot about the bubble that we live in and i saw this a lot too when i was just this week seeing journalists talking to journalists um, they're like, you just don't get these people. You have no idea what motivates them, and you live in this bubble, right? The MAGA bubble is, is you know, a one that loses a lot of elections, right? I mean, Democrats are a little smarter about this in some ways because the MAGA bubble, what makes these people think that he must have won because I don't know anyone who didn't vote for him, it gets like Don Baldock can win in New Hampshire. No, he cannot. No, 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 no. Everyone loves us. They live in a world in which, and this is the atomization of politics. When people talk about, we're so divided, we're so divided, and blah blah blah. The interesting thing about it now is that they literally. When I went to see Trump vote, and there's the you know assembled cameras there, and he comes out and makes his little statement. There were local people. There was a couple networks, and I think a BBC camera. But there was all of these people, and they. And you know, you know their right wing news networks when they have the cube on the microphone because. They, they think that means it's official, and it's like like it's like the right <laughs> side media network, like all this shit, and they have like really bad cameras that like nobody would ever use for television and there's all <laughs> these things and they're like you know and the, the women are like all kind of they they're blonde and they look like they should be pretty on paper, but they're really not. You know, they're, they're kind of like <laughs> recheck Fox News women, and for actual greatest effect. Yes. Yeah. I, well, yes. I mean, I watch his <laughs> channel. Least, at least then you'd have a redeeming quality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yes. Exactly right. I would. I would definitely be interested if you didn't look like John Fetterman in a blonde wig. That would be slightly better. But the the crazy thing about this is like these people all live in a universe in which the guy is telling me he's like I have like two thousand followers on Facebook and I was like oh cool and they live in this universe it's like when he, I asked him where he got some of this stuff he looked at me like I was insane he's like wait you haven't seen this and I'm like no because I'm not a lunatic who spends his time on Facebook reading things like th- that's the, de- the problem after 2016 everyone's like oh yeah it's Russian misinformation it's like no, no, no. You, you hear me oh. now sorry my microphone yeah we can on. hear you now yeah, yeah, you said I just, the yeah, problem. Yeah. No, the, pro- the problem is is that it's domestic misinformation. And like I hate the word mm-hmm. misinformation, but like everyone yeah. is, Democrats, because they have a kind of media industrial complex, don't have this vast network at these rallies of their like, home-brewed media. And then you realize that this stuff is kind of successful because these people live in this world, and they're like, the woman said to me, one woman said to me, she's like, it's not going to be a red, red wave, it's going to be a red wedding. It's going, to be, it's going to be blood oh and, yeah and i was like it's a pretty good line but yeah, i was like jesus christ but that they were like pretty it's, good dude like yeah, you know Game i was i was watching uh you know bob uh, bob magonicol uh his show over on the <laughs> right media uh and i'm like who like it's just a totally different <laughs> universe these people live in and it ends up trickling up to a point where these candidates are being anointed and there's literally no way they're going to win but they 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 convince themselves that this is a smart thing to do.
2: You know? Well this Sounds is like this you're is agreeing a- with Robert Draper I, I, well, this maybe is, I am. This is I the, don't know. Like,
1: I don't mean to. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, actually, something I thought about, like a- after the Draper conversation, you know, there's this, this sense in which the, the abuses that take place um, and the kind of craziness that's uttered by oftentimes prominent conservatives, particularly the former president of the United States, um, are are the things that garner the most attention. Um, and in some instances we worry a great deal about their actual, uh, kind of policy predilections, but a lot of the weirdness that takes place, um, on the left side, uh, on the, on the, on the Democrat side of, um, the ledger, like, tends to be this either informal kind of cultural craziness, because they have a great deal of cultural influence and power, mm. um, or this this more official seeming, but equally equally nonsensical um, obsession with something that can't be substantiated. Whether it's the disinformation, misinformation stuff, the voter suppression stuff, or the Russian collusion um, conspiracy theories, which is all election denialism, is it zeitgeist right for
1: years? It's, it's, it's all it's a version denialism. of that, is it not? I mean, it's like you know that's the purpose of it. I mean, no one and, fucking and, remembers and, that Hillary Clinton of course, didn't want to lose, and so she said it was it was it was rigged against her in a way that a foreign power came in and tricked it, people I, into I had voting forgot, for something else. Wild!
0: I forgot that she wrote like her her O.J. Simpson version of uh, O.J. Simpson version of uh, of events, where O.J. had his how how um, if I did it, yeah. and she wrote yeah. how it happened, <laughs> <laughs> how it happened. How the Russians stole my election from me, how Donald Trump became an illegitimate president of the United States. And you can find so many Democrats who were saying this. Now, again, this isn't the the goal here isn't to try to equate the two. I actually think there is a meaningful difference. Um, I think that that, that there is a a kind of veneer of respectability when people on the left do it. Um, But it is only a veneer. Um, and it's it's worth bearing that in mind. Um, I wanted to ask like at least one final question, because I, I don't know if we're going to wrap up soon since we started late. But with respect to Donald Trump and his perhaps fading influence, I mean, there is a sense in which he obviously contaminated certain candidates and made them kind of radioactive um, to, to voters. Um, and other candidates felt that they needed to perhaps ape Trump in various ways in order to have a shot in the primaries. And, I mean, some of that influence appears to be real, and I, I would suspect some of it fades a bit. Um, but there also seems to be this kind of stultification of the Republican Party or the conservative movement uh, broadly. I mean, Moynihan, you talk about this, this kind of farm leave media, farm league media mm-hmm. ecosystem that exists where pretty much anyone can have a voice in a platform and seemingly propagate conspiracy theories that bubble their bubble, find their way to Charlie Kirk or something. Yeah. Um, and suddenly it's moving the needle, um, like these, um, the, the overstated um, concern about like the, the election disruptions in uh, Arizona. Um, like That seems to be a really profound concern that is likely to have long-term ramifications for conservatives. Like, I don't see a crop of young intellectual talent um, surrounding the conservative movement. Like, I, I see Correct. Marjorie Taylor Greene kind of screaming today that people are idiots for blaming Trump for the loss, um, talking to Steve Bannon. And is she going to be more or less influential
2: in the, the forthcoming Congress? Like, she I'm met not sure. today with, with uh, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, uh, in a closed-door meeting to talk about um, if and when he becomes Speaker of the House again um, about getting some uh, committee assignments. So she will be, by definition, more influential in the country, uh, presuming, which is likely but still isn't totally sealed, that the House uh, is uh, taken over by
1: Republicans. Yeah, and be careful what you wish for because the number of people who dislike Kevin McCarthy and there's a lot of things to dislike him for... They must realize that if it's not Kevin McCarthy, it's who's it going to be? Jim Jordan? I mean, is this going to be better? I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I mean, at least Kevin McCarthy is totally spineless, uh, and at least sometimes takes the position that he'll vet, he'll soon reverse, <laughs> Where, whereas the Jim Jordans of the world just take the bad position to begin with. But To the point about the eco, the the media ecosystem, it's like, look, I, I you know, do it, great. I'm happy for you to do it. I don't I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. It's just the quality of it is so low, it mirrors the quality of the candidate, right? These candidates that are so mm-hmm. shitty, the version of that in the media system, media ecosystem on the right is the, you know, Fox News wasn't wasn't good enough so we went to Newsmax, which, you know, has some reasonable journalists there. I mean, like, you know, my friend Jim Ro- James Rosen, who, um, you know, was at Fox and wrote a very good book about uh, Attorney, former Attorney General John Mitchell, serious guy, and then OAN, which is not serious at all, and then into these, like, kind of, you know, single-A ball, uh, you know, Gulf Coast League, really crappy, <laughs> crappy um, media thing. The problem is, is that nobody has any ideas. If you, if you watch these things that I have there's not a conversation about ideas. It's just a team, right? And then a bunch of slogans. So mm-hmm. if you see the really mm-hmm. bad people that introduce somebody like DeSantis, I mean, they're, they're just not good at it. They go in and they, they, they mutter a bunch of phrases about freedom and notice socialism. And if you sat down with them, they literally know nothing. It's, you can tell from the second they open their mouth and you see these uh, people on these you know, you know, small kind of conservative media platforms. It's not as if it's like, you know, say Reason Magazine where 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 Matt is employed, that is, mm-hmm. you know, has a kind of intellectual architecture. I mean, there's you right. know what you're getting and there's serious ideas in it. These there's no ideas, there's a set of presumptions mm-hmm. that we believe right. this and I don't know what that is anymore. That's the problem. And so when I want you know, somebody gave me a hard time about DeSantis in an email, which I I'm I'm looking forward to responding to in the uh, Substack, you should all subscribe to um, one of the things that the objection in a way, and I won't get too deep into that was that, you know, one would hope if, if you have an opposition party to, 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 Joe Biden, they would actually have a philosophy that differentiated itself in a number of significant ways in those significant mm-hmm. ways are like economic <clears throat> ways, right? I mean, we don't have that anymore. I mean, that's the key to all of this. If the number one issue for people in this election is, economic issues, pocketbook issues, inflation, et cetera. You have a Republican Party that helped spend our way into this recessionary, inflationary spiral, right? You have people that believe that trade is ultimately Mm -hmm. a bad thing because it eliminates American jobs. And so, therefore, one must, you know, shut it down as much as you can. And I have a lot of friends that disagree with me on this. But that's not an argument that's even had anymore because it's so transparently obvious mm-hmm. to these people that, you know, China's bad so we shouldn't be uh, trading with them. And, th- th- you know, they have a th- – there's a trade deficit which doesn't matter and people don't even understand what that means. But there's none of these debates anymore. What it means to be a Republican or what it means to be a conservative is something that completely eludes me. I don't understand what it is. What it, what it means to be a MAGA type, okay, I get it. But I don't, at the same time, don't understand how so many people that used to be, you know, free traders. And we know those, know those people um, like Larry Kudlow, et cetera, that joined the Trump administration, forgot about everything they'd be, been stumping for for 65 years, for fuck's sake, and now believe what exactly? That That disturbs me. And I think that media ecosystem is in some ways facilitate, this is not Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is a guy that you can really hate and disagree with and blah, 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 but he talks about ideas and, and you know he'll debate people mm-hmm. about ideas and, and you better come prepared to debate him about ideas because even if you disagree with him, he's smart and he knows what he's talking about. This other universe yeah. doesn't. There's none of that. I mean, all the things that brought people towards the right, you know, when they're in college and they're in Young Americans for Freedom or they're in Students for Liberty or something, that's because people are obsessed with ideas, not candidates. Now they're obsessed with candidates, a party, in like a movement that is devoid of any sort of organizing principle. And that's what I really can't stand about. It. One, uh, Matt, you've been important out to these... element
0: Yeah, please, just give me something, Matt. Am I missing anything about the, the young conservative movement? Are there any... Any indications that something serious
2: will emerge from, no. from these um, okay,
0: corridors?
2: <laughs> there's not, and there won't be probably, and this is something that Justin Mosh talks about um, very successfully, not in terms of electoral politics, but in terms of describing the problem. And then we'll get to someday a solution to it. But the problem is that um, the people that you elect, the people, we spent all of this time, all of this energy, and this we, I mean, the entire. Kind of journalism, media ecosystem, people who are sort of passively enjoying politics on Twitter or whatever, um, like talking about <laughs> control of the Senate and all this kind of stuff as if it really matters. And um, what do those people who are running for office and winning, uh, you know, by a razor thin margin, what are they gonna do? What are they, are they gonna write a piece of legislation? Nope. Are they going to write an amendment and debate something stirringly on the floor to change people? Nope. They're not going to do that. I mean, The most that most of them are going to do is to grill various administration figures and or members of corporate America, specifically if they work for a social media company, in a way that they can hopefully get a really great little clip from C-SPAN, which has its cameras on at all times. They can then throw on YouTube, become viral, and fundraise off of it. That's what they do until you have some tethering of responsibility to uh, uh, Republican governance um, and small R in that sense of, uh, of, of representation. Then it's just going to encourage people to be media clowns. Mm. Um, that's it. Um, and that there's no breaking that cycle until you break the cycle. There are about 8, 10 people tops who affect any piece of legislation that really matters in this country, which is the annual appropriations bill that's going to get passed on December 21st after some kind of stupid legislative standoff. People in the president's office, people in leadership in the House and in the Senate. That's it. Um, It really isn't any other people. So you're getting really excited about a backbencher in Colorado. What the fuck is that backbencher going to do? If that backbencher wants to make money, we've talked about this with Robert Draper, he has a, uh, you know, the whole hook of his book is about Marjorie Taylor Greene and as a avatar of of everything that's wrong. I'm not sure whether I agree with him about that. Um, I do agree in this one sense that she's a celebrity and celebrities have power and that power is untethered to actual governance. It's tethered to media potency. Um, and that's going to encourage and incentivize you to be kind of a partisan, divisive, attention-grabbing clown. That all said, a lot of those people who wanted to be that are suffering, uh, including in some surprise defeats or possible defeats uh, this week. So maybe it goes back a little, but I don't know if it goes back that much. I mean, the mm-hmm. Democrats, my God, Adam Schiff still walks among us, Um <laughs> um, you know, they, people will will attempt to distinguish themselves by being super dramatic in various confrontational hearings on Capitol Hill. Um, but they're not going to convert their beliefs into legislation that matters for the yeah. most part. Um, and that sucks until you get that kind of connection. Then the philosophy actually doesn't matter. And that's why people are just sort of, it's it. They, it's more like, who's your enemies? And and how um, quickly and vociferously are you going to uh, imagine out loud ways to punish them in ways that the crowd could whoop? And until we break that cycle, we're kind of fucked for a while.
0: Well, I mean, that is a, a wonderful, optimistic note and perhaps a, a good place to leave things. Uh, unless you have something more sad, pathetic, and dispiriting to offer Moynihan. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's the worst thing to ask me because this is going to be the beginning of a Ken Burns documentary, uh, episode one of depressing bullshit things that are driving me crazy. No, I'll um, get my banjo. no, no, no I'm, I'm 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 good. I look forward to um, the next episode of this wonderful podcast, uh, so we can get back to talking about things other than horse race politics. Which, if we learned mm-hmm. anything from this midterm um are depressing and uh full of morons and everybody that is trying to spin this after um these uh, uh results come in y- uh, you turn on three different channels and you get three different reads uh based on the ideological inclinations of the person There's not it's, no one's objectively saying this is what's actually happening right now so i just it'd be good to get mm-hmm. a little a little further from that um take a break from yeah. it but you know we can't really because we have an election in Georgia again. What December sixth? Is that what it is? Seventh, sixth, December sixth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, December sixth.
0: December sixth is what Matt said. I'm going to trust him.
1: Yeah, and then the Arizona election uh, results will be in in 2027. Um, so we just have to wait <laughs> up, you know, and see. You know if Blake Masters but survives. So they've, they've
0: installed Donald Trump as both governor yeah. and senator from Arizona. <laughs> yeah. So it's oh, well, I got. Great. I have to wait. I got til... somebody
1: who said the uh, Speaker of the House thing. Uh, you, you know this one. Where um, the the, no, the, what? the they'll you gotta take control of the oh, House yes. and the Senate, so he's like, you know, you can you can appoint mm-hmm. anyone speaker of the House, just anyone, just just put anyone, just <laughs> pick them off the street, and we'll do that, and Donald Trump will then uh, uh, be speaker of the House and come back, and it's like that's when the people I'm like, yeah, they don't believe in democracy, <laughs> <laughs> they just don't. That's they just oh, I don't I don't God. find them frightening because they're so insane, but they don't
2: they don't believe in that sort of thing, so.
1: Anyway, but yes, we can get back to that another time, but hopefully um with a breather from it in between
2: I yeah, just don't it, think there's any reason to be glum no i'm comrades. not glum i mean glum. If I, we're I, like I agree yeah fifty fifty or fifty one forty nine you can go so the options in Senate, yeah, right, and the house it still could be close to tied. could be close it's going to gonna be kind of close yeah. Republicans will take the house it like seven
1: it's fifty fifty in Senate Republicans will take the house it's you know. You have uh, Kamala Harris tiebreaker, and, you know, she really knows how to break a tie. And then she laughs about it and talks about school buses. Mm. It's, it's always, it's always <laughs> a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you know, who doesn't like a yellow bus? It's like, is she high? Is she, is she? But, yeah, um, I think divided government is great. Um, I think that it's, it's, it's better than, than um, you know, running the tables, as the Democrats have been doing for the past couple of years. Um,
2: yeah. And also, like, even the slim margins that Republicans will get, Kevin McCarthy, if he's the Speaker of the House, he's going to have like a three vote, 10 vote. Top's majority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be stable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> well, well, I,
0: at some point we should probably talk <laughs> about uh, Veronique Deruji's piece uh, that was in Reason a couple of weeks back, which perhaps you saw, Matt, since you have some affiliation with them, about how divided government is good, but bipartisanship is even better, and she suggested that there are key places like immigration, drug reform. Um, where we might actually be able to make some material progress on yeah. issues in a way that would actually make people happy—it sounds like a fantasy—but
1: um, it, maybe it's a dream
0: worth. Bipartisanship on
1: immigration is a maybe. fantasy. It's not on. <laughs> it's not on drug reform. It's not on criminal justice reform. You can always get um, peel off a bunch of conservatives that that, that will, will join Democrats and liberals on criminal justice reform and, and you know drug. But less it's a worth so now it's a though. worthwhile read. Less so, Find so it, now. Less we, so we will now. talk about that yeah. another time. Yeah. Another yeah. time. Another
0: time. Um, all right. All right. Cool. Well, I, I think we've done the Lord's work here mm-hmm. and uh, have helped to shepherd people through the midterms, um, and we've shared a couple of laughs. We didn't have a couple of beers, but maybe next time.
1: I've been drinking uh, wine. I think
0: that's all for three, three hours now. But
1: you
2: know, that's up to <laughs> four <laughs> seventeen, whatever. <laughs> all, right. all right. All right.
0: That's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: We, we know of new methods of attack.
2: Trojan hard. The fifth column.